Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for June 8th, 2022. I'm teaching a series right now entitled God's Grace and Our Faith. God does everything he does for us by grace. Grace is unmerited, undeserved. It is the free favor of God. And everything we do in response to God's grace, we do it by faith. So by faith, we believe and receive what God has already provided, even though we cannot see it. We don't have any sense, realm, evidence to support it. And although it hasn't happened yet, we believe it's already done. We've been learning about God's grace. We've been learning about our faith. This is part 31 of the series. And right now I'm in a vein where I'm teaching about winning the war within. And this is part three of winning the war within. Honestly, I was going over my notes this morning. I wish somebody would have taught me what I'm about to teach you. I wish somebody would have taught me uh, this when I was a young Christian. I believe it would have blessed me greatly. So open up your heart and get ready to receive. All right, so let's get into the word. We've been looking at John 1 and 14, John 1 and 17, and Galatians 5 and 17. So let's look at them again today, and then we'll get into the teaching. In John 1 and 14, the Bible says, the word became flesh, talking about Jesus, and he dwelt among us, and we were able to behold his glory. It is the glory of the only begotten of the Father who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1 and 17, the Bible says, the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through the Lord Jesus Christ. In Galatians 5 and 17 from the Passion Translation, talking about this war within, the Bible says, for your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder the Holy Spirit from working freely inside of you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominating you. So then the, these are two incompatible and conflicting forces within you. It's the self-life of the flesh and the new life of the Holy Spirit, and they are conflicting one with another. Galatians 5 and 17 from the New Living Translation says, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Holy Spirit wants. And the Holy Spirit gives us desires that are opposite to what the sinful nature wants. And these two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you're not free to carry out the good intentions that God has called you. So if you don't win this war within, you will be so internally conflicted that you're not free to go and just be the man or the woman that God has called you to be. So we're winning this world within. That's what we're talking about. What does this mean for you today? I have five things to share with you on this morning, five. So let's get into them. Uh, there's this internal conflict uh, that, that comes once you're born again and the Holy Spirit begins to reveal to you who he, who he called you to be. You have an internal conflict from your own soul and an external conflict from the people like your friends and family especially when you first get born again and you start to reveal to them what the Holy Spirit is revealing to you, if they can't see it, there will be an external conflict from your friends and family. But we're not going to talk about that today. I'm going to talk about the internal conflict of the soul. So I have five things to share with you in this morning. Let's get into these five things. And I, the way God gave it to me, I'm going to explain it to you in a way that I believe is going to be beneficial. You ready? All right. So five things. Number one, here we go. The revelation of your divine purpose 
causes an internal conflict from your own soul. When you have the revelation of God and his purpose, it, it causes a conflict in your soul. Let me explain. God is a spirit. Put that in the chat. Put God as a spirit. God is a spirit. And the reason why you got to understand that God is a spirit is because we're, when we come to God, we're accustomed to, to living by our senses, that things that we can validate with this physical body. This body is our earth suit and it is how we relate to the earth. And so God is a spirit. And so he's not dealing with our body. He's not speaking to our, our body. He's not trying to speak to our body in a way that our body can understand. He deposits things down in our heart, which means that God is speaking directly to our spirit. God is a spirit and he speaks to us directly in our spirit. And then he gives us the Holy Spirit. So God is spiritual, not sensual, right? You can put that in the chat if you want. God is spiritual, not sensual. So God is a spirit and he is spiritual, not sensual. So he doesn't have to communicate with my senses and he doesn't have to make sense. <laughs> you got it? All right, I'm building. So when you're born again, the only part of you that is born again is your spirit. The only part of you that was changed is your spirit. You are a spirit. You possess a soul. You live in a body. So when you're born again, Romans 8 and 16 says that God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, comes inside and connects with your spirit. And, and the Holy Spirit connecting with your spirit, he recreates your spirit. And the Bible says that he testifies that you're a child of God. So it is God's spirit connecting with your spirit that testifies that you're a child of God. Put that in the chat. I'm a child of God. So now I'm a child of God. Why? Because the Holy Spirit told me so. The Holy Spirit came in when I was born again, and I know that I'm changed on the inside. And so now I am a child of God. And I, and I know it because the Holy Spirit told me that I'm a child of God. So his spirit is connected to my spirit. His spirit bears witness with my spirit that I am a child of God. So when God speaks to you, he speaks to you in your spirit. And when God speaks to you in your spirit, these are things that are future to you, but they are past to him because God is in eternity and you are in time. So God is in eternity. You are in time. You're living your life out within the continuation of time. But God is in eternity and he's outside of time. So he's not confined by time. And whenever God speaks to you, it always sounds like it's now because for God, he's in eternity. For him, I call it speaking from the position of the eternal now. Yes, for God is always now, even though for you, it may not happen for five years. So for God, it's always now. He's outside of time. So for him, it's past. It already happened. It's now. But for you, but for you it's a matter of time. So when God does this, when God speaks to you, He's revealing to you what he has already given you the grace for. God will never reveal something to you that he has not already empowered you to do. I've taught you before that his instruction is equal to his injection. So when he reveals something to you, he is revealing to you what he has already given you the grace for. However, you got to believe it by faith. Uh, say, I live by faith. Put that in the chat. I live by faith. So I, I am the just and the just shall live by faith. So I'm living by faith. Why, do, why is faith required? Faith is required for two reasons. Number one, because you can't see it yet, right? Second Corinthians 5 and 7 says the opposite of faith is natural sight. We walk by faith and not by natural sight. And so, so the opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is natural sight. So I can't see it yet. So I need faith. Okay, got it. Number two, it hasn't happened yet. So you need faith because I can't see it yet. I need faith because it hasn't happened yet. So, so, so I need faith because there's a lack of sight 
And I need faith because it's not the right time yet. So when you get to this point that you understand the Holy Spirit is, is revealing something to me that conflicts with time and, and sight. It conflicts. The Holy Spirit is saying now, but it ha I can't see it now yet. The Holy Spirit is saying it's there, but I can't see it there yet. And so, so because it hasn't, because I can't see it with my natural eyes, I need faith. Because it hasn't happened yet, it hasn't manifested in time yet, I need faith. And so at this point, there's a conflict because your soul, when you first get born again, your soul is not accustomed to that. Your soul, when you first get born again, all you, I, I got born again when I was 23, all your life, you've been programmed to live by your senses. All your life, you've been programmed to live by things that you can see and touch and taste and smell and validate. And if I can't, if I, you know, I believe it when I see it, you know? And so, so no, all your life, you've been programmed to live that way. Things you can validate with your senses. And now the spirit, the Holy Spirit is bearing witness with your spirit and is telling you, I need you to believe, to perceive as real fact, the things that you cannot validate with your senses. And so now the Holy Spirit is saying, I want you to believe, even though it hasn't happened yet in time. I want you to believe, even though you can't see it yet with these eyes. I want you to believe that it's already done. And I want you to perceive as real fact, those things that you cannot validate with your senses. That is the life of faith. To live by faith, you must overcome the internal conflict that your soul presents because your soul is so accustomed to just living like everybody else in the world. And so you, you, they, these are things that you cannot see with your natural eyes and your soul must be conditioned. Put, this, put it this way. Put this in the chat. Say, I condition my soul. Your soul must be conditioned to 2 Corinthians 4 and 18 to get to the point where the unseen is more real to you than the scene. Somebody needs to say that by faith. And, and I'm telling you to put things in the chat because this is for you, not for me. But you say it, you type it because you have to believe it. Put, put this, put this, the unseen is more real to me than the scene. The unseen is more real to me than the scene. Now, at first, this is very difficult. At first, this is not easy because you have to condition your soul to believe what God believes about you. And so I wish, like I said, somebody had explained to this to me when I was a baby Christian, what I received back then when I was a baby Christian was a lot of good fiery preaching, but not a lot of good Bible explanation. And so I'm trying to explain some things to you so you could get a better understanding so you can win this war within. If you don't understand what I'm teaching, you're not going to win the war within because the war within is going to come with understanding. You got to understand that I'm supposed to live differently. I condition my soul to believe what God believes about me. I condition my soul to believe the unseen realm over the seen realm. Say amen to that. All right, number two, uh, the moment you're born again and the father begins to reveal his purpose for, for you, for your life through the Holy Spirit, at this point, a myriad of things happen. And let me just go through these. A bunch of things happen. All right, A, you realize you're not a mistake. Say, I'm not a mistake. <laughs> so hey, first thing is like, first you're like, bam, I am not a mistake. You realize that for the first time in your life, B, you finally know without a shadow of a doubt that you were born for a divine purpose. You are on this planet on for a purpose, for a reason. I was born for such a time as this. Now, at that point, you're like, wow, I am not a mistake. C, then the enormity of the assignment 
begins to sink in and you feel unworthy. When you when you finally start to believe what God believes about you and you're like, wow, God, God sent me to this planet for, for such a time as this and God sent me to this planet to do what? And you start to think about it, the enormity of the assignment begins to sink in and you feel unworthy. It is natural to feel unworthy because you're unworthy. You can say that, say I'm worthy. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm unworthy in the natural, but I'm worthy in the spirit. So you feel unworthy. D, you then think of all the mistakes you made. That uh, this, is, this is just a natural progression. When you get to this point, D, you then start to think about all the mistakes you've made and you wonder why God never gave up on you. And the answer is simple. The answer is grace. But you sit there and you're like, wow. Like, like you think about now I'm at this point in my life. I'm, I'm born again now. The Holy Spirit loves me. He's revealing things to me about my future. He's speaking to me. But man, honestly, when I think about how I got to this point, it's amazing to me that God never gave up on me. <laughs> right? And so then you're like, wow, I am not a mistake. This is amazing. God's grace is amazing. E, you then think about, oh, this is where the conflict comes in. But now at that point, now that the, that the Holy Spirit is revealing things to you, now and he starts to show you, hey, these are plans that I made for you from the foundations of the world. Here's the problem. You already have plans. So now when the Holy Spirit begins to reveal plans, you realize that some of the plans that you already had don't line up. And so now you think about the plans that you wanted. These are plans that you came up with before you got born again. And now you're like, okay, what do I do now? So now God is calling me to do this. And he's making it clear to me that some of the things that I wanted, I'm not supposed to do, I'm not supposed to have. And so now the Holy Spirit is telling me to die to self. And I, and I basically have to sacrifice some of the things that I wanted in order to become who it is that God is calling me to be. And that's where this internal conflict comes in. And then at this point, F, you wonder, you wonder if you can make the sacrifice or not. Like, you know, because at some point, let me say it this way. Some wonder, people wonder for two reasons. Let me explain the two reasons. One is they wonder because they're not sure if they should make the sacrifice. They're not sure if, basically, some people wonder if giving it up what they wanted for what God is telling them to do is going to be worth it. In other words, to these people, I say, look, look at me. It's always worth it. You can never outplan God. Please don't think that your plans are better than God's plans. So if God is telling you to give something up, please give it up because your plans are not better than God's plans. But some people do wonder that. They go, I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know if I want to make that sacrifice. And they're so selfish and they, they've been so conditioned to just pursuing what they want, especially, especially, especially go-getters, people that just want to go get it. Like, you know, especially, you know, very hyper type A, a type A++++ plus 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 people, it's hard for them to give up stuff because they're so focused on coming up with something and then I'm going to go get it. Coming up with something and then I'm going to go get it. I'm going to go get it and I'm going to go get it. And then God says, no, I want you to, I'm going to go, I want you to go this way and I'm not going to tell you all the answers yet. And I want you to go this way and I want you to trust me. And they go, Ooh. so, so one, you know, so one group of people are just like, I don't know if it's worth it, but the answer is yes, it's worth it. And then the other group of people struggle, not because they don't know if it's worth it, but they, they struggle because they don't think they can do it. <laughs> and then it's like, God, you want me to do what? You want me to go to that school? I don't look at my grades. 
or you want me to start a business, man, I don't, I don't, I'm not good with numbers or you want me to do what? And so then, so there's one group is like, Hey, I don't know if I want to give up my plans. The other group is like, I, I, I could care less about my plans. I want to be who you call me to be. But man, what you're telling me to do is so big that I don't know if I believe it. I don't, I don't know if I can see it. It's so big. It's so far beyond me that they struggle to even believe what God believes about them. And so now this is a, a whole nother group of people. And so these people are like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like, I mean, do, do, really? You want to do that with me? Why would you want to do that with me? Little old me. And so yet yeah, you got to then believe that God wants to do it because God wants to do it because God is good, because God is a good God and he wants to bless you because he planned to bless you from the foundations of the world. And God is looking to bless you by his grace, not your performance. So gee, at this point, you know, you're like, okay, what do I do? Okay. If you focus on the grace of God, you're going to be okay because the Holy Spirit will reveal to you that he wants to do what he wants to do simply because he loves you, simply because he planned to do it. And if you would just open up your heart to the size of the blessing, and you believe and receive it by faith, then God can perform what you could never perform without God. However, if you are in a religious setting and you're in a place in a church where they're teaching you a lot about performance and rules and the focus is on you and your performance and you have to do everything right, I'm sorry to tell you, you're probably not going to become the full version of yourself because you're going to be too focused on your performance and your performance will never measure up to the size of God's grace. Your performance will never measure up to the size of your assignment. So this is why I spend so much time teaching you guys. I'm teaching you to open up your heart to the grace of God because that's the only way you can become the man or the woman that God has called you to be. Say amen to that, please. All right. Say, say that by faith. Say, I open my heart to the grace of God. Say, say, put this in the chat. I believe what God believes about me. You got it? Number three. After the initial euphoria wears off, like, you know, when you first get born again and God speaks to you, woo, you got this initial euphoria. After all of that wears off, you're then left with some tough decisions. Let me talk about these decisions. A, you consider the investment that you already made in your own desires, right? You're like, man, I already was going down this path. Me and my wife, we already spent all this time, energy, and effort getting to this point. And now God is telling you to go a different direction and you wonder whether or not it's good enough, it's worth doing. And I'm telling you, yes, it is worth doing. B, the Holy Spirit is leading you into a new life with new ventures. And while you're thinking about that, and the Holy Spirit is like, hey, these are ventures that I planned for you from the foundations of the world. I want you to go down this life and it's the grace life and you can enjoy it. I'm, I'm a witness, right? But your own mindset is pushing you back. And your old mindset wants to keep you down the path that you are already going. See, your old path will lead to nothing but self. And the problem is that that person is dead. So, so if you are born again, you're a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. You just don't know how to live like the new person that you are. The problem is that if you keep going down that path, you are new. And even if you, if you try to go do, no, forget it, I'm going to go do this anyway. You're not going to enjoy it because you're already a new person. And so you're a new person trying to do an old thing and that's not going to work, right? And if you try to go be a new person, but do it with performance-based, that's not going to work. So you got to die to self and just go and embrace the grace of God. D, you quickly realize that you are in a, you are a new man. You're in an old body and your mind has to be renewed. You got to start thinking what, believing what God believes about you. 
Because if E, if you don't renew your mind, you will never walk in the fullness of your divine assignment because, and you will run the risk of missing out on God's best because you're too focused on yourself. All right, number four, you eventually get to the point where you must choose to make your life about you or about God. I'm going to either choose to make my life about God and his purpose or me and my selfish desires. And you have to make that choice. At some point, you got to choose between the life you came up with and the life that God is calling you to live. And you're going to have to make this choice over and over and over again. You say, oh, I made that choice, Brother Pena. No, there will be many opportunities for you to be selfish. Your flesh will present you lots of opportunities for you to be selfish. And the Holy Spirit is going to give you many opportunities to, for you to remain down the path to your destiny. Your soul will pull you one way. Your spirit will pull you the other way. And you have to make a decision for you to maximize your purpose and potential while you're in the land of the living, you are going to have to choose spirit over self, over selfishness, and you got to make that decision over and over and over and over again. Put that in the chat. I choose spirit over self. I choose spirit over self. I choose spirit over self. Okay, number five and finally, last point for today. You must win the war within because this is a war between your history and your destiny. So right now, when you're when I'm talking about this war within, you are in the middle. Right now, actually, you're in, in a spot that's right smack dab in the middle of your history and your destiny. And, and many people base their future on their past. In other words, and that's how this world thinks. This that, that's how the world is programmed, right? So, hey, I need to hire somebody. What do I want them to do? I'm thinking about all the things that I need them to do in the future. I'm looking for somebody that can do this, all these things. How do I judge that person? I judge them by their past. Let me see your resume. Let me see your past performance. You know, we need to hire a company to do X. You know, there's a contract coming out. What do they do? They want to see past performance. So in this world, this world judges you by your past. This world, oh, you want to get into this college? Let me see your grades. What, what are your extracurriculars? So this world, the whole world is, is functioning off of choosing people, judging people for their future performance based on their past performance. Here's the problem. God doesn't function like the world. God is not hung up on your hangups. God is not judging your future by your past. Put that in the chat. I don't judge my future by my past. God is in the business of making holy garments out of flawed material. God is in the business of using people that the world threw away. God is in the business of taking people and, and transforming them. So God is not in the business of judging your future by your past. God is in the business of judging your future by his grace. And so God is saying, no, I'm not looking at past performance. Despite the fact that you don't have the education, you don't have the experience, you don't have the money, you don't know what you're doing. But if you have faith, I can do it. I will do it through you. So when you are at a crossroads between your history and your destiny, you have to live by faith. That's why I'm teaching you the grace of God. So in this world, they emphasize your history. In the kingdom, God is emphasizing your destiny. And so when it comes to the things of God, you have to put more emphasis on your destiny than your history. You got to, as a matter of fact, even if your history is good, even if you have good past performance, oh, Brother Pena, you don't know. The last five years, the last 10 years, I've been walking with God. I've been doing everything right. 
I don't even care about that. That don't matter either. God, God is not even worried about your performance. God is saying, I need you to focus on him and his grace and his goodness and his kindness and his mercy. So God is not limited by your lack of education. God is not limited by your lack of experience. God is not limited by your lack of performance or your ability to perform. God is not limited by your lack of resources. You don't have the money. God is not limited by your lack of connections. As a matter of fact, God is not limited by anything. God is able. We serve a God that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that you can ask or think, or even imagine according to the power that works on the inside of you. God is able. It's not about you. It's about God. So when you are contemplating, as I close, when you are contemplating what God has called you to do, when you are contemplating the destiny that you're called to walk into, you cannot base your expectation of your future on the performance of your past. Because when God calls you to do something, God is focusing more on his grace than your qualifications. It's about God and his grace, not your qualifications. In many cases, watch this, you're not qualified and God calls you to do it anyway. So, so if God factored out the fact that you, you're not good enough, you don't have the qualifications, you don't have the, uh, God factored all that out. If you start factoring in what God factored out, you're going to mess around and put a no where God put a yes. So stop doing that. I'm teaching you the grace of God. I'm teaching you to open up your heart to the grace of God. Say amen to that. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to speak this over your life. Say, Father, I thank you for teaching me about your grace and my requirement to live by faith. You made plans for me before the world began. I am not a mistake. I was born for a reason. That reason is my divine purpose. Along with my purpose, you have already prepared for my success. Everything I need to succeed in life is already mine. Everything I need is already stored up for me. And you will release it at just the right time. Therefore, when posed with a decision between my old life and the life you came up with. I choose you over me every time. This means I died to self. I died to selfish desires. I release the old man. I renew my mind with the word of God. I see myself the way you see me. I win the war within. I open my heart to everything you plan. And I refuse to allow my history to keep me from my destiny. Living this way, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. I wish somebody would have taught me this when I was a baby Christian. I hope that this is a blessing to you. Listen, do me a favor. If this message was a blessing to you, Leave me some comments in the chat. I love to read those comments. Share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you, and God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow morning. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to learn more about our ministry or you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit ripministries.org. You will learn there what we're doing in the Caribbean, providing a Christ-based education to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic. We also provide them a hot meal every day. If you would like to partner with us, click on the donate button. All the donations are tax deductible in the United States. 
If you don't have my book, Level Up Your Life, go to rickpina.co and get the book today. From rickpina.co, you'll also see that I have journals and I also have some other products and apparel and etc. all centered around the grace life. And then lastly, if you enjoy this content, but you want direct access to Isabella and I, the Lord impressed it upon my heart for Isabella and I to start mentoring people, giving people access to us to be able to ask us questions. We're answering questions about ministry, about missions, nonprofit, for-profit. I'm addressing things as far as how I preach, our approach to preaching. We're putting out private content just for a specific group in the Patreon. So please visit patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina if you're interested in this material. Have an amazing day.